Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We've been looking at for the past, wait, start over. Okay, Kelly, you can edit it and then you can start uh, right now. Well, we're excited to be here on Palm Sunday and what God is uh, doing and how he's working in our lives. And this Palm Sunday is different than probably any other Palm Sunday that we've, we've experienced, but we celebrate just the same. Because although our circumstances have changed, Jesus never changes. And even when the church building was closed, Jesus never stopped working. We never stopped being the church. We just stopped meeting as a church. But we continue to be the church because Jesus is always working. So we've been looking at the past couple of weeks, uh, the road to Easter, the road to Easter. And last week we took a look at a familiar story of Zacchaeus and how Jesus called him by his name down from the tree, and his name literally means innocent because he didn't see his misdeeds, he saw his destiny. And that's what he sees in us by his grace. Not all that we've done wrong, but what he's done right in our lives, and then by faith we receive that. So now, that was in Jericho. So as he was heading into Jericho, he healed a blind man, people followed him. He's going through Jericho. He called down Zacchaeus, and we know that whole story, and uh, people followed him. Now they're making a trek to Jerusalem, about 18 miles, about 18 miles. Um, and so we pick up the story in Luke 19, Luke 19, 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Real quick, they always say going up to Jerusalem, even if they're heading south. Okay, but it's always up to Jerusalem, no matter what direction. Uh, as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, asks you why you are untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And so they, verse 35, they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And he went along and people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they were saying this in verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke the disciples. And here's our theme verse. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Okay, the road to Easter. 
Jesus was, throughout his three years of ministry, healing people. He was, we found that he had just healed the blind man. He had just called out to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was miraculously saved, as was evidenced by his works. Watch, he wasn't saved by his works. He was saved and then carried out the works of giving back all that he had, he had stolen. So from this point of Zacchaeus, there was a large crowd that was following Jesus to Jerusalem. Now, to get a fuller picture of everything that's happening on Palm Sunday, like you'll see in our Luke passage, it doesn't mention palms. But in other gospels, it mentions palms. And because to get a fuller picture of everything that's happening, we look at all of the gospels. And it would be similar to this. This is a terrible example, but let's just say that there was an accident out here at the corner, and I was standing uh, at my house, and somebody else was at Kavanaugh's, and somebody was at Borelli's, and somebody happened to be across the street. And the police asked us what happened. We would all tell them different things that we saw from our perspective, and it would all be true because that's what we saw from our perspective. And so the police would gather all the information, right, to have a fuller picture of what took place there at the corner. That's kind of this uh, idea of the Gospels in that there are different perspectives, but it's all true. It's just telling different parts of it, okay? So even though we don't see the palms in Luke, we know that palms were there, but we know Jesus entered. That's all fact. That's all part of it. Now, this crowd following him, Jesus had told them uh, in Matthew 20, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were crowds on the way to Gal- from Galilee to Jericho. But when Jesus and his disciples left Jericho for Jerusalem, there was a large crowd following him. Now, crowds, which I, I never really put studied too much about until this week, but crowds were a big part of Jesus' ministry. It wasn't the only part. I don't know that you would put a level of importance on it, but there were always crowds around people to, except when he literally had to withdraw from them or when he withdrew by himself or with just his close disciples. But people were constantly following Jesus. Now, Jesus never sought the crowds. The crowds were seeking after Jesus. Jesus wasn't here for popularity. He was here to fulfill his purpose. And most of you know the story well enough that the crowd on Palm Sunday Uh, Something happened that week, and that's what we're really going to talk about today as we get into the meat of the message, how far will we go to follow Jesus? So we're going to look at that, but crowds were part of it. Jesus was popular at different times. He fed the 5,000 men, maybe 15,000, 20,000 people. He healed many people. People were even raised from the dead. People followed Jesus. Watch, this is important. As long as he did what they wanted him to do, And as long as he said what they wanted him to say. And therein lies the problem with crowds. In John 6, 6, 60 through 61, this is the whole thing where he fed, let's say, 15,000 people with loaves and fishes. Watch what happens after he teaches them. On hearing it, many of his disciples, now these aren't the 12, just the disciples as a group. This is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? And from that time, 
many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. See, they were excited about being fed. They were excited thinking that all of their needs are now going to be met because the Messiah has come, will never be hungry again. But when he started to teach them about the cost of following him, they left. Some turned their back and never followed him again to the point that he even asked the 12, uh, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. So we pick up this story of the road to Jerusalem on what we call Palm, Palm Sunday. They were on the road. Jesus was leading the crowd because Jesus wasn't part of the crowd now. Jesus was leading the crowd because he was on a mission. His mission was to get to Jerusalem. And he told them exactly what was going to happen in Mark. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. These are Jesus' words. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests. That's exactly what happened. To the scribes. They will condemn him to death. Exactly what happened. Deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, scourge him, spit on him, and kill him. And on the third day he will rise again. The road to Easter, the road up to Jerusalem, Jesus was on a mission. And many people were following him. Now, within that crowd, I, I see three different groups of people. The first were those that sincerely loved God and believed in Jesus. They, they sincerely loved him. They followed him. They were with him. Some of them were healed by them, by Jesus. Some were, were delivered by Jesus. They heard the words that Jesus spoke that was unlike anything that they had ever heard. He taught with such authority and they sincerely loved him. In the book of Acts, we would call those uh, Gentiles, we would call them uh, God-fearers, in that they didn't have a full revelation like the, the Israelites did, but they, they wanted God, and they, they wanted to know more about God. I think some in the crowd sincerely loved God and loved Jesus. Some in the crowd had skewed expectations, they knew Zechariah. They learned that in Sunday school. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a what? See? Hundreds of years before this moment, it was prophesied, and now they were watching it be fulfilled on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Not just a donkey, but a colt. And then the next verse is, and I will take away the chariots and the war horses. See, they thought Jesus was coming to defeat Rome and to establish Israel's kingdom again. Their, their expectations were skewed because they didn't fully understand the sacrifice that the Messiah was going to have to make. They knew Zechariah because that's what they wanted to focus on, but they didn't know Isaiah 53. It says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds or by his stripes we are what? 
healed. See, they wanted the Messiah to be king and establish Israel's earthly kingdom of which they could be a part of, but they didn't understand because they're, watch, the skewed had, a wrong, had wrong expectations and they were short-sighted in their view. They didn't understand that first the king had to suffer and die. And that, that, that he would bring them something so much greater than just defeating the Roman Empire. He would defeat sin and death, not just for that time, but for all eternity. Some in the crowd sincerely loved Jesus. Some were skewed in their expectations, and some were just downright skeptical. They just refused to believe. No matter what they had seen or no matter uh, what Jesus had spoken, they were skeptical. Luke 19.39 says, some Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, rebuke your disciples. Now, if we were to look at the Gospels, which I'm not going to take the time today, we can see that the, we, we know that the Pharisees heard the teachings of Jesus because they challenged him on it. It's kind of funny when you look at it. Here's the Son of God who is all wisdom and all knowledge, and they thought they could ask him a question to trip him up. And he... He would answer, and they just didn't know what to say. These were brilliant, scholarly people that knew the Old Testament, that were trained and educated, and they would ask Jesus a question, and he would silence them with a simple answer. Awesome. They knew that. They heard that. They heard the teaching, the explanation, like they had never heard it before. They, they heard the wonderful words. They saw the wonderful works of Jesus. He literally healed people right in front of them. In the temple, he healed a guy with a withered hand right in front of them. In John chapter 9, he healed a blind man that was blind from birth, and they couldn't deny it. It wasn't that they didn't see. It's that they refused to see. So in the crowd was not only the sincere that loved God and loved Jesus. There were some that were skewed because their expectations were short-sighted, and then there were some that were just outright skeptical. Don't crowds today have the same attitudes? And we can fall into one of three categories, and, and one is that we just sincerely love Jesus. We might not understand everything, we might not know everything, but we know Jesus and we love him. But some, even church people, myself included, we have to be careful of the expectations that we have on God. We put our expectations and our short-sightedness on him. If God is a miracle-working God, then why hasn't he done this? Or why did he allow this? Or when is he going to do this? I thought this would happen by now. Do you see short-sighted in all of that? Now, let me walk you through something. Hopefully, you've heard this before, that every believer in Jesus Christ, everyone that's saved uh, through the cross of Jesus Christ by grace through faith, will be completely healed, right? But sometimes it's on earth and sometimes it's in heaven. But no believer will be sick for all eternity. Do you see how short-sightedness because of our perspective changes our expectations? I expected that person to be healed. If they were a believer, they were. You're just looking at it from the wrong perspective. You're not looking at it from an eternal perspective. You're looking at it from it from a temporal perspective. Now, does God sometimes heal now? Absolutely. 100%. 
Why? Because he's still a miracle working God. He can't change. He's still working. Okay? So yes, but why does sometimes he heals now and sometimes he doesn't and he waits till later? I don't know. I'm not God. And neither are. You see? And so watch what happens to the skewed and short-sighted, it's a short step to skepticism, which ends up being a complete rejection of who Jesus is. So be careful because it can happen where you go from sincere, right, to skewed and short-sighted to skeptical. Be careful. And you know what it ends up being? It's not really a brain issue or a mind issue, it ends up being a heart issue. And these Pharisees that were skeptical and cynical, bottom line is they hated God. And why do I say they hated God the Father? You were expecting me to say they hated Jesus. Well, if they hated Jesus, they hated God the Father because Jesus was the perfect representation of God the Father. So they would say, oh, we love God, but this Jesus character, well, no. If their hearts were right, and they didn't just worship with their lips, then they would have seen Jesus for who he really was. And they were the spiritual leaders of the nation. They were the most skeptical, and they said, tell those people to stop with the palm. Stop with this Hosanna stuff. Stop quoting scripture. Stop quoting Psalm 118. Make them stop, and Jesus said, listen. Sabella paraphrase. This is a big Sabella paraphrase. Jesus said, listen, you don't get it. If they don't worship, even the rocks will cry out. See? So the question for us today now, let me bring this around, is how far will you go to follow Christ? How far will I go to follow Christ. We know that by Good Friday, many had turned on Jesus. Now, it's not all the same people. I don't know that those that sincerely loved him um, turned on him and, and shouted crucify him with the crowd of the day. It was a political gathering outside Pilate's palace. And it was a religious gathering and the religious leaders of the day were stirring up the crowd. Can I just give you a warning? Be careful when politics and religion get so mixed. Because politics and religion came together and crucified the spotless son of God. Our loyalty is not to a political party. Our loyalty is not to a religious system. Our loyalty is to Jesus Christ and the relationship that we have with him. I've told you this story before. Let me share it again. Maybe some of you haven't heard it. Dora and I went to see The Passion of Christ, the theater. And uh, how many have seen The Passion of Christ? I never watched it again, and I won't watch it again. It was too much. It was too much for me. So we didn't even talk the whole way home. Uh, we saw it in Cumberland, however long home it was. We didn't even talk. And, and Dora ended up saying, you know why it was so hard is because we know Jesus and he's our friend. That's why it was so hard. 
We know Jesus and we love Jesus because he loves us so much that he would die on the cross for us. So I don't know that the sincere, those that sincerely loved Jesus turned away from Jesus. But those that were skewed and short-sighted couldn't understand what was going on and became skeptical. And we know that some of them fell away and never returned. But can I share the good news with you? Some of them ran away, but they returned. Isn't that good news? Okay, some of them ran away. Now Judas, okay, let's start there. Judas denied Jesus, and we don't think he ever came back. Okay, he got what he deserved, it says in Acts. Would Jesus have taken him back if he had repented? Yes. The problem was he never repented. And we know this because Peter denied Jesus. And Jesus brought him back, right? And used him, filled him with the Holy Spirit. And Peter, who had a big mouth, ended up being the greatest Pentecostal preacher before crowds of people. See? Crowds of people. And so we can fall into some different places here. Let me try to keep my, 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 my thoughts in order here. We can fall into different places in that we love Jesus but maybe we've turned away from Jesus a little bit because he didn't meet all of our expectations. If you're in that category today, and I'm probably going to talk about this a little bit more, you know what? You can come back to Jesus. Don't become so skeptical that you just don't even want to come back to Jesus. This is an important message. Do you know that there are millions of people that used to be a part of a church that no longer are? And that there are people that grew up in church and just for various reasons, and we could go on and on and on about why it happened, but at some point they made a conscious decision that they didn't want to serve and follow Jesus anymore. And not, all of, not even all of them are angry. They're just distracted. What a great opportunity that we have as a church to share the love of God and say, listen, if you were a disciple but got distracted, you're still welcome at Hope Assembly of God. If you're a skeptic and you're having a hard time believing, you're still welcome. Can we talk about it a little bit more? What a great opportunity we have to be a welcoming church to no matter what the attitude of the crowd is. That maybe God would use us and the sincerity of our love to be instrumental Instrumental, I, I realize only God changes hearts, I get that, but instrumental in helping change the mind of the skewed and the skeptical and letting people know you can always come back to Jesus. I've said this a thousand times in 21 years to our young people. No matter how far you wander, you're always welcome back home at Hope Assembly of God. You're always welcome back, no matter what. You might come back different, bruised, damaged. You're still welcome at Hope Assembly of God because Jesus will welcome you back if you come to him. So watch this. So all the disciples, you know, we know about Judas and we know about Peter. Did you know that John ran away naked? Did you know that one? 
There's a scripture memory verse for you. And that's in, let me see where that's at. You can, you can memorize that. In uh, Mark 14, 51 and 52, he had just an outer garment on, and when he ran, it fell off. So he ran away naked. So next time you have to give devotions, start there. We know that John ran away afraid, but he ended up being back at the cross. The rest of the disciples scattered because when the shepherd was taken, the sheep scattered. But you know that the rest of the disciples other than Judas all came back? And now watch. Not only did they come back to Jesus, but they were all in with Jesus. And so the question was, how far will we go to follow Jesus or how far will you follow Jesus? The disciples who had scattered came back to Jesus. He welcomed them and they served him all the way to the end. Watch this. Matthew suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia. He was killed by a sword. John faced martyrdom. Uh, That's not John the Baptist. That's the gospel writer for second, third book of Revelation, this John, faced martyrdom when he was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution. However, he was miraculously delivered from death. Jesus was then sent into the, to, the, to the mines on the prison island of Patmos where he received the revelation of Christ. You with me? And he wrote the prophetic book. The Apostle John was later freed and returned to what is now modern-day Turkey. He died an old man. He was the only apostle that died peacefully of old age. James, the brother of Jesus. What I'm showing you here is they had left, scattered, but they came back. And they followed Jesus all the way to the end. James, the brother of Jesus, not officially an apostle, was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was thrown from the southeast pinnacle of the temple over 100 feet down. And when he, when he refused to deny his faith in Christ, when they discovered that he survived the fall, his enemies beat him to death with a club. They think that it was the pinnacle that he was thrown off of was the same pinnacle that Jesus was tempted on. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, he scattered, but he ended up being a missionary to Asia. He witnessed in present-day Turkey and was martyred for his preaching in Armenia, being flayed to death by a whip. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Greece. After seven soldiers whipped Andrew severely, they tied his body to the cross with cords to prolong his agony. His followers reported that when he was led toward the cross, Andrew saluted it with these words, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. And he continued to preach to his tormentors for two days until he died. How far will I follow Christ? The Apostle Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India during one of his missionary trips to establish the church. Matthias, or Matthias, the apostle chosen to replace Judas, was stoned and then beheaded. Paul was tortured, then beheaded by the emperor, the evil emperor Nero in AD 67. And there are other traditions regarding the apostles as well, but none None turned their back on Jesus. How far did they follow him? They followed him to the end. 
And when they got to heaven, they heard the words, what? Thou good and what? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Faithful, what do you mean when Jesus was at the most difficult time? They scattered. Oh, God doesn't remember that. God doesn't remember that. Whatever you've done, when you come to Jesus, he doesn't remember that. If you, excuse this phrasing, if you screwed up your whole life, you can still come to Jesus, serve him from this, from this moment on to the best that we can as human beings, you can get to heaven and hear those same words, well done, good and faithful servant. Because even when we're not faithful, he is. How far will we go to serve Christ? Now, I don't know that this is for you. It might be some that are listening on YouTube. It might be some that uh, are in and out and back and forth and up and down. You know, there's going to come a time I do believe that the church will be forever changed through this COVID. It'll be something we always remember, and things are going to be different than they were. But there's going to come a time. Now watch, nobody's asking you to go to the cross, but sometimes God is asking you to get off the couch. God hasn't asked the American believers to go to the cross, but he is asking us to get off of the couch. You had to make a decision today whether you were going to come to church or not. And you woke up and it was raining. When I woke up, it was raining and it's still dark. And I had to make a decision. Thankfully, my wife made it for me. She said, you're the pastor. Get out there. Not, not really. My poor wife gets a lot of grief that she does not deserve. Uh, but you have to make a decision. How far are you willing to go to follow Christ. Sometimes it's just getting off the couch. Sometimes it's just coming and making a difference in someone else's life, even when you don't feel like it. You ever not felt like going to church and then all of a sudden it's the best service and you're so glad you came? That's a sacrifice. It's not easy. It is easier to sit at home, watch online, half-hour service, only preaches 15 minutes. It is easier. But at some point, this is for all of us, at some point, the call of God is to get off the couch and say, you know what? My comfort is not the most important thing. Following Jesus Christ and helping others follow Jesus Christ is the most important thing. How far will you go? I've committed my life to serving Jesus for the rest of my life. And it's not a momentary decision, it's a lifelong commitment. And I've committed my life to serving his church for the rest of my life. And I made that commitment at 16 years old. And it's not about me, it's about his faithfulness to me and what he has done in my life. And he can do the same in yours. You're probably not called the pastor of church I know you're not called to pastor this church. <laughs> That's a little joke. Um, but what has God called you to do? There's something. There's something. How far are you willing to go? Is it all exciting when the crowds are gathered and we're waving the palms and all of that stuff? But what when the palms stop? 
Are we going to follow Christ? All right. Let's sing this song. And then I have another song I want to share. You'll know it. I have decided. How many of you were thinking of this song already before I even started? Anybody? No? Okay. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. How about this one? The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Let's stand together. I'm actually not going to do that video. Thanks. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Let me speak to everyone that's listening, no matter what time or where you're at. If you sincerely love Jesus, keep following him. He's worth it. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. But it does mean that God is working and he's worth it. If you become skewed because of your expectations, come back to Jesus. Set your expectations down and say, God, I just want you. If you never do anything else for me, I just want to serve and follow you. Now, let me ask those of you that have served the Lord for a while, Does he still do good things for you? Yes, because of his grace. But we don't pursue him for what he's going to do for us. We just pursue him because he's so wonderful. And then by his grace, he does great things. Don't let your skewed expectations lead to skepticism. Don't turn your back on Jesus because he will never turn his back on you. If you have questions and you have some things you're going through and you're not sure what to do, would you seek help? We have pastors and people here that have served God for literally decades that have been through some similar things. People, pastors, leaders that have been through similar things. And if you have, sorry, if you have screwed up, He'll take you back every time. Just ask, and he will. Amen? Amen. Well, it's good to be with you on this Palm Sunday. Remember the crowds, but examine your own heart. It's easy to look at the Palm Sunday crowd that ended up yelling crucify him on Friday and say, oh, look at them. Well, let's look a little deeper, huh? 
Capish? <laughs> Look a little deeper and let God work. This is Holy Week. Can I ask you to spend extra time in the presence of the Lord this week? Take some time to read the passages. If you're not sure where to read, this is a simple way. Go to the end of each of the Gospels. That's the crucifixion and the resurrection. Go to the end. If you're not exactly sure of the chapter, go to the end. Just read it through. Let the Holy Spirit speak. Watch good things. Let your spirit be edified and built up. And what a day of celebration we're going to have when we gather together again on Easter Sunday. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.